up, party people? It's Talib Kweli, the BKMC, the MCEO. I love the fact that y'all checking out the People's Party and showing us a lot of love. You know what we do? We're bringing you all the live guests. We're bringing you the best podcast on the internet. Just make sure you subscribe and leave a review. People's Party, Talib Kweli. Let's go. Party people, in the place to be. You're now rocking with Talib Kweli, the BKMC, the MCEO. This is the world's number one podcast, The People's Party. I'm here rocking with my lovely, talented, thoughtful, funny co-host, Jasmine Lee. Give it up for Jasmine Lee in the place to be. No doubt. Jasmine, how you feeling? I'm feeling good. You ready to have a party? I'm ready for the people's party, baby. Because this episode is about to be a party, for real. Because this guest that we have here is one of the most exciting, inspirational artists. I mean, we talking about one of the greats of the greats. We yeah. only fuck with the upper echelon, the top of the food chain here. This guest right here is straight from Yonkers, New York. And I know that's a clue for everybody who's a real hip-hop head. Um, you know what? Music taste is subjective. Depending on where you grew up, whatever you grew up at, who your parents was, whatever, what are your influences, you can have a subjective opinion about music. Mm -hmm. But because I'm a musician for a living, I have a bias, and I feel like there are certain universal truths. Stevie Wonder is one of the greatest musicians of all time. Prince, one of the greatest musicians of all time. I feel like if you disagree with me on that, I can't fuck with you. Like, I can't trust you. This man is one of the top lyricists of all time in hip-hop, and that is a universal truth. He's the voice of a generation. He defined an era. He's an absolute legend of the game. He represents New York City. He's got an album right now, Ignatius, and it fucking slaps. It's pure New York City hip-hop and an ode and a homage and a dedication to his good friend, one of his best friends, Ice Pick Jay. Ladies and gentlemen, Jay the Kiss is in the house. Yes. Yes. Peace, King. Peace. Peace, kiss. Peace. How you feeling, bro? Peace. Thanks for having me, man. I've been mm. checking you out. You been uh, enjoying the podcast? The party is dope. The podcast is excellent. No doubt. Happy to be here promoting Ignatius. No doubt. You know what I mean? What better platform? Thanks for having you me. You had to come. Yes. We invented this uh, this platform and this podcast for artists like yourself. Uh, and that's why I appreciate it. You know, I know how much you mean to the culture. I know how adamant you are about keeping our cloth and texture of music out there on, yes, a, on a high level, on a scale, and, you know, I'm, yes, indeed. I'm honored to be here. Yes, indeed. It's all about culture. Definitely. And um, one thing I like about you and your crew and the locks and everybody that you've come in the game with and maintain relationship with is that it's always been culture first with you, and I appreciate you mm-hmm. about that. I appreciate, appreciate you, you for well. that. No doubt. Absolutely. Now, you and me are born the same year, 1975. Mm. It's a good year. Great year. Good year. 50 Cent, DJ Khaled, Will I Am, You, Me, all different artists, all born 1975. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we all have in common that we are from a special era because we understand the rudiments of hip-hop, where it come from, the beginnings, um, like the Grandmaster Flash, Cool Herc era. We understand that. We was born into it in New York City. Um, we lived through the Biggie and Pac years. Definitely. We lived through the Rockefeller, Rough Rider 
bad boy years. You definitely, know what I'm saying? Definitely. We are still here rocking in the Kendrick and J. Cole years. Definitely. And now even to some of the newer artists, Kendrick, Kendrick and J. Cole is old school to them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's a good spot to be situated right now, isn't it? Definitely. Um, to In this particular blood sport mm-hmm. that we take part in to... To make a career out, to have a career like guys like yourself mm-hmm. and myself is an honor right there. It's a mm-hmm. blessing. It's a, yes. It's, it's something to be thankful for. You know what I mean? And, and we ain't them dudes that sold 10 million mm-hmm. and had them kind of careers that, you know, them other kind of mm-hmm. journeys. We had, we got it out the mud. Yeah. And um, our fans understand what we do and love us for that and figured it out with touring and, you know, we came, we we, we in the in the same class. We working class they, artists. Yeah. Like blue collar yeah, working we class. Yeah, blue collar working class artists and, you know, we, we, it's just a different texture and the strength is in the numbers because it ain't too many of us mm-hmm. left. So, you know, I just appreciate I appreciate being here. I appreciate what you do. I appreciate that we're able to have careers. Yes. And that makes us, you know, that makes the conversation, it gives the conversation legs. It gives our career mm-hmm. legs. It's a better icebreaker for dudes that been through what we've been through. No know? doubt. And I want to thank you and your crew, the locks, um, for giving me one of my most precious moments in hip-hop. When y'all first came out, y'all was uh, representing Bad Boy, and it was on top of the world. Bad Boy was the biggest record company in the business. Mm-hmm. And y'all was y'all came out, had radio play, and I was on the underground level. I didn't have the radio play y'all had, and it was just, just different lanes. And I remember being at a party, and I was looking at y'all. I'm looking at you, Sheik, and Styles, and I'm like, there go the locks. Damn, I fuck with the locks. Should I say something to these niggas? And y'all came up to me, and y'all was like, yo, we fuck with you. And that was a lesson for me. Because the way that I was being presented in the industry and and sold and marketed was like what I was doing was so different from y'all. Mm-hmm. But y'all saw through that. You know we saw saying? the MC. We yeah. saw the master ceremony in you. Um, mm-hmm. One thing we never did was judge. Mm-hmm. You know, when we came out, it was... That's what I've been talking about on this whole promo run is the balance. I don't like the unbalance in hip-hop right mm-hmm. now. Um, and... Uh, a thing that I've been constantly repeating is for the one Griselda they let in, they let in 1,500 bullshit acts, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And I got the scale unbalanced, and yeah. that's one of the gripes that I have with hip-hop today. Not too many, but that's my main one. And, um, yeah, when we came up, they had Native Tongue, they had KRS, Rakim, they different had vibes. all different vibes, and that, that made the culture stronger, but now it's... Is is unbalanced, so you know, uh, 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 we we stick to what it is we do, and we always sort of lyric. That's why we didn't judge you when we came up to you, because we it didn't matter how they tried to display you. We saw your craftsmanship, and right. we respected your flow and cadence and the way you delivered it and what you was talking about. And you know, what I mean, nothing could stop that, no matter how they. Might misrepre- might have misrepresented you at that time, right. but you know. And it's re- respect is mutual because I feel the same way. Definitely. Um, I want to thank you also for jumping on the 
song 9.5 with me and Styles and Nico and Sheik. Me and Styles, of course, did the whole album together, The Seven. Super fight. Yeah. You got the seven hat. Shout out to my man, Set Free. Set Free. What up, baby? I'm seeing deja vu here. Yeah, man. Set Free has been representing on the people party. Um, Now, talk to me about Yonkers and how Yonkers being adjacent to New York but not seen as part of the five, five boroughs affect the mentality of people in Yonkers and how hood it is, but also how family oriented it is. Yonkers, we always call Yonkers is like a gumbo. Being mm. that is about 45, 50 minutes from Brooklyn, maybe an hour from Staten Island, hour and a half from Shaolin and less than that from, you know, maybe 30, 45 from Queens and, mm a little bit less from the Bronx and Harlem and, you know, down the line. So we always felt that we had talent and culture and they always overlooked us, like mm-hmm. listening to the radio back then, WBLS and whoever was the on-air personalities when it would just make us cringe to hear them shout out Brooklyn and all of the boroughs. Mm-hmm. And then it got to a point where Heavy D was popping and they would skip over Yonkers. Go to Mount Vernon. shout Mount Vernon out. So we like, yeah, <laughs> dog. He had a whole song yeah, and a video had, and everything. He had it lit. Yeah. You know what I mean? We like, yo, do they know about us? Right, because you got to pass Yonkers to get to yeah, Mount Vernon. Yeah, you got to go through Y.O. <laughs> to get to Mount Vernon. We like, damn, where's right. the love at? Right. So Mary popped, mm-hmm. but for some reason... She represented it, but she still wasn't really trying to put it on the map like that Mm -hmm. for whatever the reasons were at the time. So we still felt like Mm -hmm. she's getting in and she's popping, but Mm -hmm. they still ain't, you know, they ain't repping, they ain't noticing us for for this. There's some spitters here too. Um, So then we got on and X got on and we start getting our just due and doing our due diligence and that really felt better than anything like letting the world know about a, you know our demographic mm-hmm. you know coming from Yonkers and um is 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 family orientated there's a lot of big families in Yonkers you can yeah. go to Yonkers and meet somebody and they have a whole heap of relatives that devour the whole Yonkers like mm-hmm. there's a few last names that mm-hmm. damn near take over Yonkers um, right. so it was good growing up there. It was also like a black cloud because nothing was really going on in the crack and dope epidemics. Mm-hmm. And um, we also had some hardships due to the sports. Um, there's a dude, Bernard Toon. He's my pops. My pops is good friends with his brother and also him. Okay. He went to our high school. He went. We went to the same high school, Gordon High School. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won the championship in basketball. Then he went on to win... Not sure if he won in Marquette. I think he won the championship in Marquette. He was he went D one to Marquette. Mm-hmm. Then he got drafted to the Sixers. Uh, he actually played with Doc. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did. Whoever was the coach, whoever coached him in in Marquette, I'm not sure if it was Dick McGuire or Al McGuire. They hated him so much that they said they would never recruit nobody from Yonkers again. Damn. And then we never, you know, a couple dudes went D1, almost mm. made it, but nobody never went back to the league from Y.O. Mm. You know, Ben Gordon went from Yon- um, from the Vernon. 
couple dudes, a lot of dudes go D1 from Mount Vernon High School. So mm -hmm. I'm trying to do a documentary or 30 for 30 on that whole thing wow. just to display the that curse that's kind of on us ever since, you know, Bernard Toon. But, wow. you know, Yankees is cool. You just can't let it can't let it hold you back. Like, you know what I mean? Right. It's cool to be from there and great, you know, great rooted. But I think it's a place that's made for you to blossom and then move on mm. and you'll have more success. Um, Your flow and your delivery, before we even get to the lyrics, um, is, in my opinion, I'm not a perfectionist and I'm not into perfection, but it's as close to perfect as, as it's going to get. That's big. That's big shit coming from you, cause you put some shit together, bro. Nah, I mean it, bro. Um, a lot of people look up to you as an MC lyrically, <laughs> um, delivery wise, flow wise. Um, who was it that you looked up to? That the way I'm describing you, mm -hmm. who was it that you looked to? And that's how you described them. Kane, mm. Big Daddy was very influential to, you know. I thought he was incredible the yeah. way. Um, just dropping the knowledge, you know, mm -hmm. putting Islam and dropping jewels in his bars as well as, you know, talking that talk. Yeah. I just thought he was incredible. Although I listened to Chris, mm -hmm. I listened to KRS, I listened to the God Rock Kim, I listened to Cool G, mm -hmm. I listened to uh, Run and D, I listened to, I listened to it all, like mm -hmm. the Furious Five, Grandmaster Flash, I was a student of the game very, very young. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And I think that helped me. My mom played a big part. She bought me the concert. She bought me the, you know, the Apollo very mm -hmm. young. See Keith Sweat and Heavy right. D and that's, L. That's a show right you know there. I mean? yeah, Wait, so, Keith Sweat, Heavy D, L O Cool J yeah, my at 13th the Apollo. Birthday. Yes. Yeah, uh, my pops. It was a, one of the early. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to go to the Apollo with right. my mom and dad. And <laughs> yeah, that show was like mine. Boggling to me, it was, you know, I got my dad on one side, I'm in the middle, my mom on the other side, and the show was just one of the greatest shows I ever seen. Yeah, fuck you know reality I mean? TV, that's growing up hip hop. You know <laughs> For real. So I always say my mom is very responsible and very influential in my mm -hmm. career. Just the music she played mm -hmm. while I was in the back seat, the music she played, cleaning up the crib, and um, all of that kind of stuff. Graduating from. Oh, you know, the moving up ceremony from mm -hmm. kindergarten to first grade. They bought me the Sugar Hill vinyl, mm. you know, the sky right. blue, with the colorful train. Um, my aunt bought me a little radio, my first radio. Those are memories like that. Okay. Stuck in my mind. They make me think, you know, they they played a big part in me being in this. Okay. Well, okay. yeah, definitely Kane. I would say Kane. And I would say all of them do from Kane, that from... Everybody before Kane up to Kane, like that's mm -hmm. when, you know, of course Biggie, mm -hmm. uh, early Nas, halftime Nas. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody I love I just love I loved hearing it. I loved that real how, shit though. How, yeah, I loved hearing that real shit. I loved hearing how hip hop was evolving from hibbity hip hop to mm -hmm. dudes really putting some shit together and no, I, I wanted to be I wanted to be involved in it. Right. Know? Now, what I like about the locks, we're gonna get into this more later. 
But like just the way you came on the show, like you and me, we've been we've been running the same circles for years. We've been seeing each other out there. You know what I'm saying? Um, we are definitely a, a part of working class MCs. But what I know about the locks is that y'all spit that shit that inspire niggas to go out and get it. But the thing that I noticed the most consistent, I think y'all are the inventors of this, and you could correct me if I'm wrong. I think the locks are the inventors of the color of the whip wrap. Yeah, we was just talking about that too <laughs> earlier. The Porsche, the same color as water. Yeah. And all of them kind of yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in that white thing, listen to the greatest of Marvin. Like, it's always the locks have invented a way to describe the color of the whip and the make and model sometimes, but definitely the color. color. And that gives you this visual of of movement and of where y'all at with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's ill. That's okay. Ill. I just want to make sure I was on point for that. He definitely was <laughs> definitely got some responsibility for that that mm -hmm. aspect of it because we always did that. 24 hours to live. Mm. Who came up with the concept for that song? Was that Steve? <laughs> That's his shit. <laughs> I wrote that on the paper. He was like, yo, I was thinking the same shit. <laughs> <laughs> who came up for the concept with the concept and what was it like to compete with so many young, hungry, but formidable MCs on that track? That was Mace. That was all Mace. Um, I think that was all Mace's idea. That was his song. Mm -hmm. um, and we was on the block. We was on the block at the time. We had probably just been signing Bad Boy for six months. Mm -hmm. um, so we were still in the hood and we got the call. We happen to all be together anyway. Mm -hmm. So we got the call to come down and do a song on Mace's album. When we got there, we heard the uh, concept. Mm -hmm. He already had a verse. Then me, Styles, and Sheik, you know, went in separate corners, wrote our verse, Black mm -hmm. Rob wrote his verse. And I could was, feel the competitive really, energy, though, on that record. Yeah, I mean, actually, that, that session didn't seem too competitive due to the the nature of the, the, the content the content and the song was already there and everybody had different, you know, views of what they would do if they had 24 hours to live. So that ain't really, that wasn't too much pressure. I've okay. been in some sessions that felt a little more pressurized, but that wasn't okay. really one of them. That was, that was like a fun, you know, we was all, we was like brothers right. doing that. Even, even Mason, Rob, we all, you know, we was happy to be on Bad Boy at the time. Right. So. It Any, was the hottest shit out. Anything they threw the at us, we was just trying to knock it down. Right. Speaking of Bad Boy, one of my favorite songs, All About the Benjamins, who wrote Puff's verse? That would be me. It wasn't, awesome. it wasn't even, it wasn't even, that's a good thing that, you know, it's a funny story with the Benjamins because I already had the, we was in the MIDI room just rapping. You know, because we would be in the MIDI room and while Biggie or Puff would be working in the other two rooms. And he happened to come in and just hear me rhyming. And I, I already had that rhyme. Like, he heard it and was like, nah, I want, that's me. Let me get that rhyme mm -hmm. right there. It's so the hottest place. He, <laughs> he took that and <laughs> right. put that on the Benjamins. But me and Sheik didn't like the Benjamins. Mm -hmm. It took, it, he almost like forced us to record the verses that we have on there. We didn't really understand what that beat what that beat wasn't like right it didn't grasp us at the time like we wasn't eager to just right. record it but and diddy knew diddy knew yeah that's what makes diddy diddy like mm -hmm. he he knew once he got that joint from um d dot shout mm -hmm. out to Derek. shout out to d dot once he Absolutely. got that diddy already sort of he he knew what it was mm -hmm. and then 
once he put it on the sampler and let it out, DJs was burning it, skate key was playing it 30 yeah. times. It was, that really was like our first commercial and hood hit that, you know, catapulted us mm. besides the mixtape stuff that we was doing. Yeah, that's a classic song. It's like Talib's always rapping random verses, and that's like a verse that like I know. And when that song comes on, I like kill that you verse, and I start. Don't put me on the spot. Prove it. There we go. <laughs> Prove it. Let's what you want to do? You want to be ballers, yeah. shot callers, yeah. ballers? Who be dipping in the bins with the smallers? Don't make me keep going. I'm a fucking. <laughs> but I, I listen. That's my shit. I sing it for karaoke all the time. That's a good verse. He did about four versions of it. So I wrote. I wrote in a session for Diddy for a couple of weeks. Um, I was. He told me my writing was too complicated. <laughs> Don't worry if he write rhymes. He writes checks. Yeah, you know. I can see that. Yeah. I, can see, I can't see Diddy spitting your bars like. Not even your bars. The, your K, the There's a song you. I wrote over a Kanye beat um, about mothers that somehow got leaked on the internet that I wrote for one of them sessions. Mm -hmm. But I, it's interesting because the song is about loving your mom, but I wrote it as if I was writing about Puff's mom. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the stories on it that are not quite my stories. Mm. But, you know, this is like a really, 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 really dusty version on the internet somewhere. That's hard. Um, look for that. Talk to me about when Money, Power, Respect was on the radio, on the mixtapes, on the street, in the club. Like, there was a point in New York City hip-hop where that song was ubiquitous. And it was just everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, talk to me about that era. You know, we was like on the bottom of the food chain. Mm -hmm. We feel like when we was on a part of the Bad Boy label. Not really, like mid-bottom. Mm -hmm. We was anxious to release our project. So mm -hmm. when we was able to do it and um, get Little Kim and DMX on it, we felt like we felt really good about, you know, that single, so mm -hmm. we shot that video in Yonkers, actually. That's one of the first and only big videos that we ever shot in Yonkers. And um, they put some money behind us, and it was buzzing. You know, okay. it felt good. It felt good to walk around New York and get get that love. Mm. And that was the title track of the album. Yeah. So, you know, what it stood for was was made us feel real good. No doubt. Speaking of a uh, bad boy, Rough Riders crossover, Kanye once made a metaphor. The doors closed. I was like bad boy street team. I couldn't work the locks. Was that how it felt um, like when you left bad boy and moved over to Rough Riders? For one, after I found out like Mace was writing for Ye, I wonder, always wondered if Mace wrote that line. <laughs> Wait, Mace wrote for Kanye? Yeah, yeah, Mace. Kanye, yeah. Kanye had a lot of writing sessions, a lot of writing oh, plans. Wow. I mean, he might but, have, huh? But... That was a good line, though, because like, yeah. that's how we felt. You <laughs> know what I mean? And it's a remix out there where we come in, he stop at, at that line, he stops, and then me, Styles, and Sheik come on rhyming on it. Mm -hmm. It's a remix somewhere on the internet with that with that version like that, <laughs> too. Yeah, but we we felt like that, so that was a, that was a good line. But then after all down the line, when I found out Mace was working with him, I always wondered if Mace had something to do <laughs> Damn, with Damn, we're going to have to ask him that. <laughs> um, one of the things that I think made those those crews of that era, whether it was Murder, Inc., Rough Riders, mm -hmm. Bad Boy, Rockefeller, was having the main studio where everybody was spending time at. 
Can you describe what it was like to be at the Rough Riders studio? That was very important. The Mm -hmm. Rough Riders studio was like a dog kennel Mm -hmm. with a dog pit that you have to, they would call it the pit. Mm -hmm. Literally, you have to go through. They would bring in a bunch of dudes that could rap that just, you know, instead of, you know, like when you see on TV, Sonny Carson or the gang mm-hmm. initiation. We right. Go That's at Fort Green Park. Go through the thing. Right by Brooklyn Tech, where I went yeah, to high school. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> when you got to go through the line and they yeah. gotta, you got to take all Somebody got to change. Somebody it was that back. same but, thing, but just with, yeah. with rappers. Like right. you had to you had to go through a lot of rappers to uh, actually get signed or actually get your proper. So mm-hmm. um, it was a lot of competitive energy, mm-hmm. good tension. Mm-hmm. And it made everybody better, mm. you know what I mean? Because at some point of the night, Dragon would be there, the Locks would mm-hmm. be there, X would be there, Mace would be there at a time. Um, everybody, and that mm-hmm. just made, you know, still shopping still. Right. I mean, that's the start of Swiss Beats Eve, DMX. Can you tell us quickly the history of how Rough Riders started? Well, I think it started as, I think... Only one, I think Joaquin, mm-hmm. I think why it was his vision first. And then as it as it grew, I think D got on board with him and then mm-hmm. they brought their sister Siobhan in. Um, they signed X. X brought him to sign us. Uh, we got to deal with Bad Boy. Mm-hmm. They was our managers. X got to deal with Def Jam. Mm-hmm. Then they got the label deal. Then we went back. We got off Bad Boy, got on Rough Riders, then Dragged and Eve. Mm-hmm. And, you know what I mean? And it went like that. A special time. Yep. It was just special time. They was trying for a while, though, too. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't overnight success? Nah, definitely wasn't overnight. They had the Born Loser uh, single with X. They was working with Chad Elliott. They, uh, they was working with Irv mm-hmm. before... When he right. had John guys and, and doing the Michael, cash money, Mike Geronimo, and Mike Geronimo, CMC, yeah, all of that. They was they was. That's trying. where that murder. That's where that murder ink come from. Yeah, they yeah. was trying for a while, so you know, it paid off after a long run. Um, now one thing I noticed about the locks is, I don't know if y'all ha- ever had any friction, but certainly publicly, y'all have never, as far as I could tell, showed any s- s- cracks. And the family is like solid, super solid. One day, hopefully they don't wait till we no longer here to to recognize that and mm-hmm. you know, give us that accolade if if not anything else. But um we always just made a pact in the oath to keep it in house. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't we don't agree on every single thing. Um we always do the the uh the numbers game, you know, mm-hmm. if two say it, that means that's what it is. Or if we all disagree, then we got to figure a way to work it out. And mm-hmm. if we, you know, can't agree on something, we, we mm-hmm. handle it in a closed room. And mm-hmm. we, when we open that door, that it no longer exists. And we Where? we was very stern on keeping it like that by just watching the, the trials and tribulations that other groups go to, mm-hmm. some that came after us, some that we look up to, and we use all of the things that break them up or mm-hmm. 
Mm. All of the dumb shit that, you know, the irradical tweets and the, mm-hmm. and just use that like, yo, look, we this can never be us, and mm. you know, it's just been solid since since little kids, and we gonna we gonna go to the grave like that. That's real. Did y'all ever do like a rock paper scissors in your clothes room to figure it out? <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> I mean, not, not not that simplistic, but right. we 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 make it real easy, you know. And we never we 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 real adamant about not doing it in front of strangers or you mm-hmm. know not having no outbursts or no you know not getting out of character amongst one once each other mm-hmm. in the outside world and we just gonna keep it like that. No doubt, that's one of the best parts about that group. Um, the last Kiss album was a joint release with Def Jam, Rough Riders, and Rockefeller, right? Mm-hmm. 2007 now. That's kind of unprecedented. And um, I think that it's a testament to how much respect you had in the business that three of the most powerful outfits in the game came together and was like, we need to ensure that at least publicly we look like we behind this Jadakiss record. Mm-hmm. Um, how did it feel to get that much, at least on the surface, industry support? Folk good. Well, Rough Riders was really on the downslide. They just had the, the imprint on there okay. because of the no the affiliation, but they wasn't that active as the Rough Riders that we know. Okay. And um, I think Hove was the president, or you know, that's when Hove was the president of Def Jam at that time. So mm-hmm. that's how that went. It was cool. It was. It, it felt good, especially being you know from start from the beginning and having a like competitive the competitive battles with Rockefeller you know mm-hmm. quiet we was, right. was definitely family but it was a lot of subliminals being mm-hmm. silenced and shot at each other okay. back then right so um, to finally have everybody on the back of one CD it felt good no doubt um, there's a mystique surrounding you in the streets I think because you never did jail time officially, right? Nah. It's just I have nine uncles that probably out of nine of them. Rest in peace to the ones that ain't here no mm-hmm. more. But nice majority of them did a lot of fucking jail time. So, But you're looked at as a very ac- accurate, very authentic voice for the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, is that more because of the storytelling or more because of the time you put into the streets, you think? I think it's a combination of both. I'm like a sponge. Mm. Like, um, I'm a dude that took the things I went through and a lot of things that happened around me and was able to put it into words, you know, right. event, make you see the vision of it. And, you know, like I said, all my uncles, a lot of them went to jail a lot since I was young and my cousins and, you know, I was able to put what I was doing and going through and incorporate mm-hmm. all of that stuff with it. And, you know, a lot of my friends went to jail. Mm-hmm. My right-hand man went to jail. And Yonkers is always, like, false intel about what's going on on the hustling scene or just some of the negativity. And since I was one of the ones that made it and, you know, Styles and Sheik don't really be around as much as I used to be around, mm-hmm. they just try to think I had something to do with everything going <laughs> on. And 
Word. You know what I mean? So I've heard y'all do interviews though where you said that for at least for a time when people was first hearing about y'all, y'all was still hustling. Yeah, we we when we was first on Bad Boy, we were still hustling. We mm-hmm. used to go to daddy's house with crack on us. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> now, at which point did y'all did you realize, okay, now it's time to put this down? Uh when 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 uh, uh I think after we really started killing the clue tapes and then that led us to go on the road. Mm-hmm. Um like many tours just off the clue tapes. We started getting booked crazy. Mm-hmm. So we didn't need to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And then after the Benjamins came out, we was getting booked crazy. Stupid. Yeah, so right. it, you know, it, okay. we 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 leveled up. Okay. How important is authenticity to your career? And has there ever been some things that you like turned down? You're like, nah, that'll fuck up my street cred. Yeah, a lot of reality shows. No love and hip-hop for um, you? Not at all. <laughs> Never a chance. But, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, it's always good to grow, but it's always good to to stay, you know, stay the course. Because once you build a core fan base, they, they know when you, when you're not doing what they love you for. Mm. You know what I mean? You, they're, they're, they're the first, they're the first ones to expose you. Mm. So yeah, you can't, you know, you gotta do. It's money and there's enough gigs and opportunities that fit what you do. So you don't have to jump out the window and do something just for the, you know. Mm-hmm. You heard the slogan, "All money isn't good money." Mm-hmm. That's the truth, and that counts for. That's the know, total truth. That type of stuff. That's why I love Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. That's why I love a lot of dudes that you know stood ten toes down and. Mm-hmm. Rather do what they love to do the way they love to do it, opposed to mm-hmm. the man coming and telling you to get out of your element. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For the money, no matter what the ticket was. Mm-hmm. Right up. Um, now, at the height of Fifty Cent success, he went at any artist that worked with an artist that he didn't like. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Including you. Yeah. You dropped a diss track called Checkmate. That a hit lot the of your billboards. fans it hit the, it hit the billboards. billboards. A lot of your fans consider that some of your you know greatest lyrical, you know contributions to the game. Um, but that beef with Fifty was settled very quickly and certainly more quickly than most of his beefs. How did that go about? I think Fifth was really a fan. Mm-hmm. You know, mutual fan because we was we was rocking with him, rooting for them. You know, mm-hmm. always root for the underdog. His story is a, one of the greatest stories. Um, he said on one of his best songs back then, all all the hard niggas, they come from Yonkers. From Yonkers, so right. That already, like... That must have been, speaking about how you was talking about Yonkers earlier, a nigga from Queens doing that at the top at the top of his game, that must have been crazy. That's what him. I'm saying. That, yeah. that, set the, that set a precedent. And we, we knew that he really meant that mm-hmm. to be at that height of his career and even say that. Like, mm-hmm. he didn't have to say that. So he mm-hmm. really, he really fucked with us. We mm-hmm. we knew that and we didn't even meet him, but just saying that one bar mm-hmm. was, we knew what that was. But yeah, after after it all died down, it was ill because he came to D-Block by himself. Right up. He came through one day, he called, Say, oh, I'm coming through. He came through by himself. We sat down, kicked it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
for a few hours. Me, him, and P. Sheik wasn't there. Sheik didn't come to the studio that day. But me and P, you know, updated him that everything was love. Mm-hmm. Sat there, kicked it. Um, he actually had a song for me and a song for P to get on on whatever album he was working on, and we've been good ever since. It wasn't. It wasn't even that. It wasn't even that serious. The, the people kind of blew it up more mm-hmm. than it was, and. I mean, we I use think a, y'all he was using it deal. for a marketing tool for that album because mm, right. after the, you know. The, y'all Big Deal 50 was a big deal. So the fans was invest, trying to invest into yeah, it. Yeah, you know they're going to put the gasoline yeah. on it. But I don't think it was as serious as some of his other ones. But Right. Um, talk about your signature laugh. <laughs> 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 and where it came from, when it started, and when you decided, like, this is the thing. This is I'ma own this. Shout out to my man Chach. He's the engineer that recorded all the Rough Rider albums and my earlier albums. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes my ears or my throat would be clogged up before I was about to do my verse, and some I used to scream like "ow," oh, <laughs> yell, or you know what I mean. And one day I just did the sound, and he kept it. Okay. Mm. Know what I mean, before the verse came on, he left it, and I, to this day, I never asked <laughs> him. <laughs> to this day, I never asked him why he left it, <laughs> but he left it. You know what I mean? And then Word. I just kept doing it, and people start liking it, and I start seeing aunties in the mall, and they start saying, hey, "Ain't you that boy that dude?" And they'll make this try to make the sound. <laughs> So I'm like, man, this, you know, it's a thing. This is a thing, and yeah. uh, I just, I just kept it. It just stuck with me. Mm. But yeah, my engineer, he the one that kept it because I used to do all type of tension breakers before, mm-hmm. before you know, before I would come in with the verse. Studio magic, gems being dropped right now. Um, top five dead or alive. You at some point own that title. In hip hop, a lot of times people talk about the top five, obviously, but. When did you decide to own it? Was it like made you look remix era? Yeah, I think it was that song or even a couple of songs before that. And um, people started calling me that. Mm-hmm. You the streets did. Yeah, because even when I did the album, I was going to change it. And I went on Twitter and said, yo, I don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about changing it. It's like, nah, leave it. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to keep that. Yeah, you got to own it. So the actual conversation piece of that whole thing is like a religious conversation because mm-hmm. depending on how old you are, what you grew up listening to or where you're from, mm-hmm. everybody in the world's top five is going to be different. Mm-hmm. It was really too many great MCs that put it in a five only five narrow it down to five anyway well it's like a revolving door depending on your mood right yeah definitely yeah. so no I don't really get caught up with the list that they put out there or none of that kind of stuff um, right. just but hip hop's competitive I mean at a certain point you really did I mean you named a project you really owned it like fuck that like you're not gonna have this conversation without my name and it's because the streets are saying this yeah no that's a fact mm-hmm. but you know a lot of people get Get, get depressed and sad. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? I bumped into artists that really feel smoke <laughs> coming out of their ears when they don't get in the... Yeah, but it ain't, it ain't right. that serious. 
But it is good to be in the mentions and in the mix of mm -hmm. it. You know what I mean? That's always a good thing. But no doubt. you got to feel what you do is top notch anyway. Screw it. Now, I heard that you recently said, <laughs> I heard you recently said that if you got a ghostwriter, you can't be in that conversation. Yeah, I know you agree with that. Where we from, that wasn't... Yeah, I just had to put... I had to make sure I had to I know, put it out there for the I people. Know you you ain't said it on my show yet, so I I'll know you agree with yeah. that. You know what I mean? And um, just how we grew up, the, the, it was much harder to be accepted when we came up. Mm -hmm. You know that. Mm -hmm. And and once you achieved that and the greats embraced you and let you know you was nice, that was a big accolade and a big accomplishment mm -hmm. but you couldn't get that if somebody wrote them rhymes for you you yeah. had to you had to you're an actor yeah you had to do that right but with today's climbing and demographic of music if they love the music they don't give a fuck who wrote it they don't care where it came that's from right. you know what i mean and that's i ain't right. mad at them but i'm mad at somebody because <laughs> <laughs> The rule book of of <laughs> hip hop and rap, that's not, you know what I mean? That's that's breaking out. I don't know if that's hip hop. Breaking code. And it's sad because the songs can go do astronomical numbers and mm -hmm. make a shitload of money. But when we getting back to the basics of what this game is mm -hmm. built off. Know what I mean that Word up. that's music, but is it different? Is it hip hop? Is mm. it from the park era? Right. Is it from two turntables and a mic to what we build it to? Nah, that's that, that's 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 a stripes off of something. Right. When's the um? When's the last time you sold verses as a ghostwriter? I haven't written anything for nobody in a minute, but you know, I I, I did. I wrote, I wrote that stuff for Puff. Um, wrote for a few people. You gotta come out of <laughs> I, did a, I did a little write. I don't really, I wasn't. Right. I, I don't really like to write for other people. It feels like I'm, I don't want to give you too much of me. Mm. I can do it, but I don't. But you feel it's a spiritual you know essence thing. Yeah, it's a, definitely a spiritual yeah. essence thing. And then I feel like if I give you something too good, <laughs> Now you gonna keep coming back, right? And I ain't taking away from my. I mean, time she know one listen. of your she know one of your verses by heart, and you didn't spit it. And listen, I'm trying to get you out of retirement because I feel like I can be a rapper. I got the raspy voice. I got. I mean, for you, we can we can <laughs> work ahead, something write out. Me, son, I write me. you. A, I write you a ten song project. Yeah, right? yeah, I'm you, in here, Cardi B. Watch out. Thing. I, 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 I craft you up something. <laughs> Yo, how important were the New York? mixtapes to your ascension as to top five status and you mentioned clue already but who else my, my, was... my whole part of my career is came from mixtapes mm -hmm. is owed to mixtapes and owed to the streets and owed to them listeners and consumers mm -hmm. um everybody clue doo-wop mm -hmm. rated all mm -hmm. envy sns mm -hmm. ron g yeah yes um you know, whatever music Hut was holding at music the time, hut. I was, you know. <laughs> you was the king of music them, hut. Um yeah, them that 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 was a big spiral for my brothers and myself. Mm -hmm. Um a lot of people 
first got their first whiff of us off mixtape. So right, you know, no doubt we all a super portion of our career to the mixtape scene. That was that was it. That was our formula to take other people's beats and try mm-hmm. to destroy them. Word. And and get the people's attention and y'all did, did that in fine fashion, brother. I appreciate no that. No doubt. That was a, that was the good old days, right there. Now, part of those good old days was battling with Beanie Siegel and them. Ah. <laughs> Jay Z introduced y'all during the session for Reservoir Dogs, right? Yeah. And what led to the initial just jump off of y'all battling and going at each other on the mixtapes back and forth? Well, at first we didn't know because you know that that one hurt me more than a Fifty Cent one because mm-hmm. uh, you know Sieg is my man. My, I felt. A, a real chemistry there and I ain't really know where it came from mm-hmm. but then after he went through what he went through with Rockefeller and them, mm-hmm. he said that they told him to do it like, mm-hmm. so that that felt that felt good too knowing that he didn't that they really you know they put him up to it to, mm-hmm. not that he couldn't have did it but he it was nothing there to you know what I mean he was just putting out an album and mm-hmm. he they told him that would be a good fire starter, mm. and it was. It was cool. I mean, those was those were very strange and interesting times. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that got squashed. Um, talked about how that got squashed. Uh, we talk. We talk like men, mm-hmm. and, and and really said that it wasn't really about nothing. It wasn't really serious. Mm-hmm. I mean, and back in those days, it was a lot of gun towing and mm-hmm. shooting, and you know. Entourage clashing, mm-hmm. so we was able to. Y'all had to step up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we we made it work, and no, those is my brothers, though. No you doubt. Know, state property. I love Philly. They got no doubt. Of, they had a lot of talent in Philly. Yeah, man. It, it, it makes me think of what you what you just said. I've been watching. Uh, I've been been watching, binge watching this Hulu. Wu Tang American oh, Saga yeah. shit. Yeah, I gotta check that. Out. Yeah, and the first scene is Raekwon shooting up Ghostface crib. Yeah, I gotta see that. <laughs> I gotta see that. Yeah, that's like me. it's some Shakespearean shit. I gotta see that. Um, talk about developing a close relationship with the notorious B.I.G. Um, when y'all recorded the song Last Day and just getting on Bad Boy and any wisdom that Big might have passed to you that you still hold on to. Before, before we even recorded last day, like mm-hmm. when we, whenever we would get a chance to be at the studio while Big had sessions, we would just go in his inside his session and pick his brain, mm-hmm. ask him mad questions, mm-hmm. um, like sensei level shit. Yeah, just ask him all type, ask him about all type of shit. Ask him what was he thinking when he wrote certain verses. Ask him, you know. Mm-hmm. What to expect? Uh, he told us Puff was gonna do a lot of things we didn't like, mm. but he was gonna make us stars, mm-hmm. and that that was actually a reality. Mm-hmm. He, he 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 liked our work ethic, you know what I mean? He he really he really fucked with us, like mm-hmm. he 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 dug us, like he he um told us he was happy we was doing the label with him. And we was gonna do a lot of big things, music and tours, and you know what I mean, he had big plans for us working together. Uh, as you can see, we was one of the only rare features on the Life After Death project. Wasn't too many, and we for us to be young new artists, 
it be on that album was a you know a big thing for us. Um, he just always instilled keeping the hunger and never be never be never take no days off. Mm-hmm. One day I seen him at the Apollo with the Junior Mafia and Mace doing the show, and when I had seen him. Later on that week in the studio, he was like, yeah, man, I had like $200 on me. I needed that. When they called for that Apollo show, I was on that shit. Right. So that's one thing with me. On, I do shit come across the table that other artists might not take. And if it ain't too much going on, I, you know, mm-hmm. I take it. Just to, I always remember him saying that word. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of things, you know what I mean? And just being there while he was recording Life After Death, seeing some of them sessions in the making, watching uh, DMC repetitively say, pray and, and pray, pray for, for my downfall. downfall. Pose the sample was just insane for us. Seeing um, mm-hmm. Angela Wimbush sing mm-hmm. I Love the Dough live. Right. Like, you know take I mean? her song and flip it for yeah, a hip hop generation. It flip it, but seeing her recording right. was like, this is crazy. Seeing Hove come in our session, like, yo, I'm about to go first on. I love the dough. Like, mm-hmm. shit is crazy. Like, right. you know what I'm saying, we like, go in there, do thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, right. just being there for that type of nostalgic, them type of nostalgic moments is like priceless. Um, I heard that you help orchestrate the Junior Mafia reunion for the BET Awards. Mm. Is that accurate? I wouldn't say I help orchestrate them for the BET Awards, but I am kind of responsible for getting, not them back, but getting C's back with Kim. Okay. Because we had Kim on the show. I am kind of responsible for getting Kim, you know, getting them back together on the same accordance and, you know what I mean? But then when Kim was finally ready to let whatever let go, go and bring it back, that's when she had the dinner for Big and we all attended with the Junior Mafia. It was a beautiful day. Mm. It was it was love and I knew Big was proud of everybody in the room and I was happy to, you know, be there for that and yeah. know that behind the scenes and, you know, on the low I was the one who actually kept bringing them around and slowly getting it back together. So, you know, that's my fan. That's my people's forever. So You have a lot of responsibility as one of the custodians of Big's legacy. Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. there's not many of y'all, but you're one of them. No doubt. You know what I'm saying? Um, Talk to me about recording We Always Love Big Papa. Well, um, when did he get killed? In 97? Yeah. So yesterday, March 9th, was actually the second time we was ever in L.A. on March 9th, besides 1997, was our first time ever being out here Mm -hmm. when he got killed. And you know what's crazy? That's the time I I met y'all at that party was 97. Yeah, you know what I mean? So that was ill. Wow. Yesterday was a little creepy for me Mm -hmm. due to the anniversary of that, but... um. Us being here for the first time when they killed B.I. And being at the party and, you know what I mean, seeing the SUV with the holes and just, that was like mine. That mm. blew our mind too. And um, mm. when we got back, 
you know, they was dealing with the the services and getting all the arrangements and all that right. So we didn't really have too much communication besides them giving us the funeral arrangements mm-hmm. and when to come to. Besides that, everybody, you know, they was they was grieving and doing their thing. We was in Yonkers and we was like, yo, let's just let's make a song that we want to play for the mafia and mm-hmm. Big's family that they could play at the service, you mm-hmm. know, or the repass or whatever, just a song that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, we had Dame Grease, we had access, we had our own studio, so Grease, Grease got the beat and uh, the kids on the hook. We laid, we recorded it, got it mixed and all that, and we let Puff and them hear it, and we, you know what I mean, got it to the, to the service. And then after that, that's when everything else started coming, you know, mm-hmm. missing you and yeah. you know, it became a thing. But we just did it just to do it. It was no... It's such a heartfelt, about, important record. Yeah, we just did it from out of the love that we had for B.I. We, we didn't think to market it or shoot a video. Mm-hmm. We wasn't really thinking on that level. That right. Was, that was puff. Was that one of the first like rap deaths that really touched everybody? Because I remember they came over the loudspeaker and we did a moment of silence when Big died. For me, screwed. It hurt me. It, shit, it it, it body blowed me. It mm. was, you know, what I mean, it was. I ain't know what was going. I ain't know what to think after that. Then it being my first time in L.A. was even more crazy for me. Like, damn. I mean, you were so young, though. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely young, but just like B.I., mm-hmm. that was unbelievable. It was right. like... He felt untouchable. Yeah, we like, not B.I., mm-hmm. like, this is crazy, so... For you to be that young, how was it at to have to go through that morning and grieving, but also at the same time, artistically and creatively, and I'm not just talking business-wise... Um, but artistically and creatively have to sort of throw the label on your back. Well, I didn't feel like that for me because I had Styles and Chic. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. we 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 formed Voltron. That's the good thing about having two other partners and brothers mm-hmm. in a three-man group. So um, we more felt like we got to represent for big, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, opposed to putting a label on, the, on our back, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Still had Mace, still had Black Rob. We still had a lot of firepower. But our thing was like, if nobody else going to do it, even though we ain't from Brooklyn, mm-hmm. the the love and the unity and the way, you know, the respect mm-hmm. and how we know how we feel about him and how he felt about us, we going to rep him no doubt. to the death. You no know doubt. what I mean? And that's, we've been doing that ever since. Yes, y'all have. Absolutely. Um, now let's talk about what led up to the Free the Locks campaign. One of the illest campaigns in hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all was out there beasting. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> talk to me about that. And every time I hear the song Wild Out, Wild Out, I feel like that song encapsulates that energy of that time. I mean, it came out about the same time. You're right. It came yeah. out about that same. That was about that's about yeah. as accurate as it was like Wild Out and Free the Locks. You get that. That's about right. But um, after the big, after big, you know, the untimely demise of big, 
um, we just start having a lot of disagreements mm-hmm. on the label. And um, getting off wasn't a normal thing that we had heard and we had knew mm-hmm. that you don't just get off a label because you want to get off. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, business is business. You got a contract. Is, um, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's rules and regulations and stipulations and, <laughs> you know, things that is just not that easy. Right. So when we finally decided, like, you know, we ain't got enough money to fight in court. We're going to have to. All we got is the power of the streets. Take it to the know. streets. But it wasn't. We thought about it hard and long for a few weeks or a few months because, you know, we also knew in hindsight it could have been over. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If this don't work and they, he can shelf us and. Mm-hmm. You ain't gonna never put out an album again, or you know what I mean. We didn't know what could happen, but we knew it could be all bad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. But um, like once again, I said a three man group. We we put our hands in the huddle and said, mm-hmm. "This what we doing. This what we doing. We doing it. We doing it to the death. No doubt. Boom. Um, so we set up, we start strategically seeing how we was going to do it, but we knew we had to use the streets. Mm-hmm. Rough Riders was still on fire. Mm-hmm. This, it was Eve's turn. Yeah. Uh. Right? It happened to be Eve's turn. Um, Summer Jam came up. She had a prime time slot. You know, we made sure we can get just about, all we needed was seven, ten. I ain't sure how many minutes we asked for, but... It was, she was like, oh, yeah, I got that. We got the T-shirts printed up. <laughs> we gave boxes out to the parking lot, so the whole parking lot had them on. <laughs> we gave them out in the arena, so yep. a nice amount of the arena had them on or had them in the hand. Mm-hmm. We had a street team out there just making everybody chant it, let the locks go, let the locks go. Mm-hmm. They was going crazy. Then, um... Eve came out, she's doing a set. I forgot when she let us come out, but we came out, we did a verse of Dope Money, and the crowd went crazy. Mm-hmm. We did a verse or two of We Gonna Make It, they went crazy. Then we turned the music off and had the whole arena going, let the locks go, Yeah, let the locks go. So, you know, we felt good after that. Then after that, I think D sat down with Parfa and they, was able to work some. Actually, I heard Steve Stout. Steve Stout was the overall one. That Steve always looking in the background. Pulling some type they of string on that. other group. Listen to this. Uh-huh. They said they had some kind of other group that was supposed to be like the locks or better coming out of the shy. Mm-hmm. And he was able to, you know, mm-hmm. do a sign and trade or some type of shit. And got this group going. never came out, though. Nah, <laughs> it. it never came out. Um, talk to me about the creation of D Block Records and just that era when y'all went from Rough Riders, Bad Boy, Rockfell, all that to just focusing on D Block. I thought it came from. It's all kind of different origins, but I thought it came from when we was making my album. Kissed the game goodbye, and we was in Miami. All right, so that's early. So much tension. It was so much tension. We had a house 
This before Airbnb when the budgets was humongous. <laughs> they got me a house on a star, Alton Road. Star Island type of shit. Okay. Road, but it was in one of the Star Island type of houses right. on Alton Road. And um, when I, you know, after just being together for so many weeks and months and all that, dudes, the tension will build up. And I thought I remember P saying, this part of the living room was the D block <laughs> section. So if you come in here, you better not be on no bullshit. Yo, that's that's, that's how I thought it originated. Right. But they say it's all different. No, I have a few different ways. Okay, you know what I, mean? I like that story though. But I remember I'm him, going and with that Luch, one. him and Luch. Him and Luch, yeah, really like yo, this section. You know, this the D block section of the crib, this living room area around the couch and all right. that. So if you come in here, you better not be on. Okay, don't be on none of that bullshit. And then. It turned into a thing and a label with, you know, Luch carried it on his back. and Yeah, he really did his thing. And, um, y'all, you know. I mean, y'all had some club bangers that rivaled the club bangers y'all had in the Bad Boy era. Yeah. I mean, you know. That's what you do. Once, you got in the stu once we got our own studio, that helped things tremendously because you were able to do what you want when you want. Mm -hmm. You know? No doubt. Um, one of my favorite records that you were a part of is Throwback with Usher. Yeah. Have you ever heard the Jay Dilla version on Donuts with your voice sampled on it? Nah, well, uh, I gotta. Where is that at? I'm gonna send it to you. Yeah, please. I'm gonna send it to you. Man, rest in peace, Jay Dilla. Yeah, always, man. Because he flipped always. the same sample, but because Usher had flipped it before him, he paid tribute by having your laugh on the on the sample when he flipped it. Yeah. And that's the album he made in the hospital bed. You know what I'm oh, saying? The Donuts man. album. I gotta hear that. Yeah, man. that's it. Yeah. yeah we're Rest out. in peace, Jay Dilla. Rest in peace to Jay Dilla. No doubt. Rest in peace to Guru from Gangstar. Definitely. Um, bro. Right where you stand. Yeah. It's such an important record. I remember that. Uh Prem called me down to D and D mm -hmm. at the time. He also did a recognize. Yeah. Yeah. I went down D and D and um I remember going there and the beat was just so knocking. Prem mm -hmm. told me the name of the song was Right Where You Stand. I went in there and knocked the verse out. You slid in nice too. Thought I was about to leave though. Mm -hmm. Check it out. I'm like, all right, Prem, you got it. Is the vocals tight? Yeah, he's like, yeah, right. be good. So I'm, I went to give him a dap. He's like, nah, you got to go do the hook. <laughs> I'm like, nah. Right. Prem, I, I don't be doing hooks hook. like that. Yeah, this, but you do a hook on a Gangstar record. Yeah. I'm like, I don't be doing hooks. He's like, nah, Kiss, you got it. Just go right where you stand. No I'm doubt. like, bring. He's like, Kiss, you got it. So, yeah, roll, roll up one. No doubt. You know, I came up. I said, I'm going to try this, Prem. I'm going there. He's like, that's it. That's it? You just, that's it. Got it. Shout out to DJ good. Premier. Yeah, he's a genius. Um, On that record, you said, I'm a slave to Interscope. What was you going through at that time for you to say that on that record? Nothing crazy. Okay. Just, 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 just giving them game. Know, I just always listen to Nas and, you know what I mean? That's, if if any young artist, if you really break your contract down, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a similar form of slavery. Like, That's right. They call I mean? athletes $40 million slaves. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Facts. No doubt. Um, now, the Ghost Styles P is someone that I've had the honor and the pleasure of having a very unique musical relationship with. Starting from back in the days with me and High Tech, uh, we did a couple records together with Styles P. Me and Static Selector did a couple records together with Styles P. And then when I asked him to come on a tour with me, you know, I, I was touring a lot. 
Uh, the promoter said who he wanted to win. I'm like, Styles P. I seen he was doing a lot of records with people. I'm like, he'd be perfect. Mm -hmm. When I called up Ghost, he was like, I'll tour with you, but we have to do an album together to roll out for the tour. Businessman. That's right. Yeah. Now, strict. that's one of my jewels and gems in my career. I've done a lot of projects, but that's one of my favorites. I, you know, just to work with Styles. He upped my game lyrically. He upped my game as a man. That, that, that changed my diet. Sharp is I love it. I'm glad y'all called me and Pete, um, me and Luch for it. Man. Nah, I'm glad was you dope, was, dope was on shit, it. Man. Um, but you and Styles have a unique years-long lyrical conversation that's been happening. Now, it's a three-man group, but you and Styles have this back-and-forth thing that sort of got best exemplified on We Gonna Make It. How did that start? I don't know. We used to do it. We used to do it early. I think mm -hmm. the first one is Dope Money, though. I think yeah. it started on Dope Money. We was messing around in the... Um, Messing around in Rough Rider Powerhouse Studios. And um, we used to use one <laughs> mic. We used to go in there, one mic, and do it mm -hmm. back and forth. And then it was a time there set up two mics. And then now we'll go and leave the spaces. Like, he'd be, I'll be like, nah, you got to set it off. Right. And I'll be like, nah, you gotta go. And then I gotta <laughs> go and actually do it with spaces in it. Mm -hmm. And then he come back and fill it or he do it and then I gotta fill it in. So That's we, we 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 figured out how to Batman and Robin it over the years, but we just we was always big fans of the EPMD and mm -hmm. MOP and you know, all the two man groups, Mob Deep and mm -hmm. You know, anybody that ever did that back and forth. So whenever we had some off time or some spare time to do some rhyming, we we would do that. That's so ill, and it speaks to the veracity and the uniqueness of the locks is that it's a three-man group, but you also have carved out the space to pay tribute to the two-man group within this three-man group. Mm -hmm. But let's not leave out Sheik. Nah, Monster, that, the gorilla. Yeah. The gorilla. And, 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 and even right now, Luch is like, LeBron in his seventeenth season, he, mm -hmm. he he he's he's sharper than ever right now. Yeah, and he keeps getting better. Not a lot of artists get better. Like yeah. I look at what Method Man is doing, mm -hmm. you know, or like that's or or Chic. Like yeah. certain people just get phenomenally better. Like better Fat Joe after goes. the Pun era. Yeah. Like where you, where you going with this? How you keep getting better? better. Yeah, that's ill. You know that's what I'm good. saying? Um, talk to me about what he means to the locks and what he means to to, to those certain eras of hip hop. Because I do believe he's that very he's, hip -hop. he's underrated. very hip-hop. He's very hip-hop. Yeah. He's very underrated. He's very hip-hop. He's very wealthy, though. Mm -hmm. He um he loves the authenticity of hip-hop, just knocking beats and dope cadences and mm -hmm. spitting that shit. You got to know him for him to open up to you. Mm -hmm. no, I mean, I he's always been since, a gentleman, like a, yeah. a beautiful human being. Yeah, he's a good me, dude. Show me, he show me so much love. Give me too much. If you, yeah, like a dude like you, he and my, you, you yeah. know, he respects the craft and, you know, we fuck with you. So mm -hmm. you get to see a little more of him. But, mm -hmm. you know, I grew up with him since first day of school haircuts. So mm -hmm. I've I, I, I seen different sides of right. him. But, yeah, nah, he's just a good dude. I love it. He loves, um, he's a great father. He loves mm -hmm. his son and his family. Very family orientated. Um Rest in peace to his mom. His mom was a great lady. No doubt. Super smart, super intelligent. She was one of the moms when 
before we could grab the joystick, she asked everybody, how you doing in school? Mm -hmm. And, you know, how was your report card? And always stayed on top of us. And um, I think she instilled that in him. And, and, you know, he has that in him. But he's also, Mm -hmm. he's also... He ain't shy because he's a gorilla, but he, <laughs> you got to know him for him to open up. Right, to no him. doubt. That's my bro, and he he love he loves sharpening his sword at all times. Um, no doubt. Sometimes he come out of that back room with some incredible bars and some songs that just fucking blow me out the water. I'm right. Like, Dog, what the fuck was you thinking? And right. Yeah, uh, you know, no he doubt. got that energy. He brings that energy to the group. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He brings that energy and that that rugged hip hopness that we never lose it, but he makes sure the the level of that is always at a high level. No doubt. Um, another person that represent New York in similar fashion, how like y'all represent New York is Fab. Yeah. Um, talk brother. to me about why you did the Freddie versus Jason, how important that was for hip hop, for New York City hip hop. Um, we was doing he was doing the Friday night freestyles, and I wanted in on that mm-hmm. after I heard like two of them. I'm like. Man, rest in peace to Pick. Pick was still alive. I'm like, Pick, mm-hmm. how the hell could we get in? This is New York. This is real New York shit right mm-hmm. here. And uh, of course, he had Clue for the outlet. He, all, You know, he came in the game with Clue. So mm-hmm. he had Clue releasing them at midnight on Friday. So um, we went to Envy. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, could we get the morning slot? Mm-hmm. And he like, yeah, guess we could start. You could start doing the Friday morning joints and drop one in the morning. So I'm like, all right. And then I start doing them. They start heating up. Like mm-hmm. People would be waiting for them. Yo, tomorrow morning you drop right. something. So once we got that momentum and we, we crossed paths somewhere, he's like, yo, I got this idea. Let's do the Freddy, um, Freddy versus Jason. So I'm like, hell yeah. Let's mm-hmm. go to Def Jam. Let's get, a, let's get some... Support. Some support. <laughs> and let's right. do this shit. Do tour, merch, or he like, yeah, all right, let's Y'all do it. Y'all did a good job and, with um, that. He did it and got good. It was it was really good. It was dope. It was good for the culture, good for New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was dope. Uh, we got closer off that. Um, you know, he's another one that if he won't open up to you unless, you know, you got to throw him out. Right. But one thing, when he gets around me, I, I see him I see him smile more than Right, you see him the relaxed yeah, fast. I see him relax. You see Jonathan. And I like him. <laughs> right. I like when he's relaxed and mm-hmm. chilling and enjoying himself. You know, no you know, doubt. That's my bro. No doubt. Uh, can you tell us what so raspy means? Did it come out of what people were always telling you how your voice sounds? It definitely got something to do with my voice, but that was a ice pick, rest in peace, he mm-hmm. created. He created, he came up with that. The company. We had the website, yeah, he came up with the company. We were partners on SoRaspy.com, but after he passed it, it got shut down. Um, I'm going to launch it again after I get everything right, though. Mm. Um, Let's talk about Ice Pick and this album. Um, He hovers over this album. This album is dedicated to him. Um, You sound more emotional than I've ever heard you on record with this record. Um, Was it hard... To produce this record? Definitely was hard making it, producing mm-hmm. it. Um, but at the same time, I didn't want it to be too dark. Mm-hmm. I didn't want it to be totally somber. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to represent it in his light and stay in the zone in a pocket of that you don't usually hear me in. Uh, and also, you hear me singing because he wanted me to sing. Mm. But um, out of my camp and my entourage, he was the grown-up one. He was the he was the one that can go in and get the money from the labels or get mm-hmm. go sit with Prem and get the the last final version of the beat that Prem had to do or go get mm-hmm. a verse from something. He was he was both sides like he can he was very business orientated and can handle everything. So I couldn't be talking two thousand kiss or. 98 kiss mm-hmm. when I couldn't kill too much people or sell too much drugs right. on this project just because it was in honor of him and that wasn't what he represented. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make it grown. I wanted to make it musical. I wanted to make it personal. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do all the things he ever asked me to do that I always shrugged him off about mm-hmm. when you know he was in a physical form here with me. Took for granted that he would be here longer than he was, and um, I was able to do it. It was some songs were harder than others. You could hear my voice cracking on the last song, the closure. closure. I was crying. It's a beautiful record. I was crying, you know, while we was making that. Poobs was even crying recording it, so Mm. it was that was a tough one. But the other ones were, other ones were more of a celebration. Um. Even the John Legend, that that one didn't. It was, it felt airy and mm-hmm. gave me goosebumps, but it didn't make me cry like the closure. I, I was actually crying, recording it. So, um, you do you feel like uh, we sometimes confuse vulnerability with weakness, and that black men need to sh- show their emotions more? I mean, you somebody who has a lot of street yeah, cred. Yeah, human. You know what I mean? Dudes, yeah. some dudes got the wall up in the tough guy aura mentality. But, you know, we all got feelings at the end of the day and something to make them, something to punch that button. Whether mm-hmm. it's your mother, your girl, your kids, your dog, your favorite Jordans, mm-hmm. your car <laughs> getting scratched, you know what I mean? Something, right. to, something to bring it out of you, you know, and some dudes just keep their guards up longer than others, but, you know, crying is therapeutic, it's healthy. You got to let it out. Some dudes let it out the wrong way and go mm-hmm. shoot something or rob right something or go mess up their whole future and jeopardize it all instead of just crying. Right but, um, yeah, you know, I ain't telling you to invest in Kleenex, but, right, you know, right, right, right. Let, it cry, let it out. No doubt. <laughs> how, did, how did you come to peace with your friend not telling you that he was sick and you didn't you not knowing until the last minute? I incorporated that in making the album. You know what I mean? Like in some of the songs, keep it 100 with me. I'm actually talking to him by not telling me he had colon cancer and, you know, curving me the whole time he was fighting it. So, you know, although you hear me talking to a female and talking about something that happened with me and one of my ex-friends, I'm talking to him about he should have told me and maybe I could have helped him, you know, financially, been there, moral support or anything. Got him a green shake or anything. Mm-hmm. You never know, but but it shows with his character. Yes, but he knew he loved me, and throughout all the pain he was going through, he cared about me 
going through the pain of mm-hmm. knowing he was going through pain, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. You know it does. I mean? Yeah. He was that strong. Even in that battle of, you know, the toughest times fighting the colon cancer, he didn't want me to know because he knew it would crush me more than it did, even though I wish he would have let me know. But he, he cared about me and even in, in his time of pain. Mm-hmm. That just shows the purple heart that, you know, he deserved. Mm-hmm. Pick really wanted you and Pusha T to collaborate. Yeah. And he was able to make that happen. Uh, How did it feel to be able to do that for your friend? Um, it felt great. A lot of people don't know he he he, he was employed by Star Trek as well. Okay. So he got a big relationship with, with uh Pharrell, Family, mm-hmm. Push and Malice and them dudes over there, mm-hmm. Loic and Phil up and Steven Victor and all of them. So mm-hmm. We 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 really been family for a while, but um, me and Styles was on the first Clips album, so people heard us rhyme right. on songs together. But Pick always wanted me and Push to actually do a song. Right. And um, once I got the track and figured out where I wanted to go with it, I sent them to him. He was like, "I do it anyway." But right you know, for Pick, hell right? Yeah, so he already he already yeah. had a relationship with Pick. I didn't know that. Yep. Man, that's ill. Um, you delayed the album out of respect for what was going on with Pop Smoke. Yep. Pop Smoke got got killed. Um, what do you have to say to people who blame the youth for the violent condition of the hood that they didn't create? I don't know. Um, is it the youth's fault? Is it the the upbringing? Is it the family background? Is it? Society is mm-hmm. is a lot of things to blame, and when you point the finger at somebody, you get three pointed back at you. Mm-hmm. But um, we need to try to fix it, opposed mm-hmm. to blaming them. For mm-hmm. me, I blame. I don't like to keep saying this, but in that particular situation, the record labels, the manage, not the management, because you know Stephen Victor's my man, and mm-hmm. everybody's my. It's, I don't even want to use that for example, but mm-hmm. just. In today's climate of music, if you got a hot artist that's currently active or currently saying he's a blood or a mm-hmm. crip, you're sending them, sending them to L.A. when gang banging started or blood. Right, you don't know the codes. Yeah, when you should beef up the security or mm-hmm. send them with somebody that knows the land or something. I would mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. protect the brand. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He's he's. He's blown up. He's he's super lit. He's his songs is all over the charts. He got he's the, popping his thing going on. You can't mm-hmm. just leave him out there. So, right. You know, there's so many ways to go with it. We just gotta figure out. You know, we can't lose no more, no more the youth. I know whether that's they right. make music or not, whether they play soccer, whatever they right. do, we gotta protect the youth. On we gonna make it. You famously said. Dead rappers get better promotion. Yeah, and that wasn't out of malice or nothing. That's just right. me seeing it in the early years. Like mm-hmm. they, you know, right? They big you up a little more than they did when you were alive. You can just look at go down the line. Look at any rapper. It hasn't changed much since then. Not at all. Get with social media and all of this stuff is even more now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's murals. There's Pages, there's merch, there's, mm-hmm. there's everything. Um, you're not typically seen as a conscious MC, but your music is extremely thoughtful, extremely well thought out. Um, 
why I feel like it's a conscious record. Mm-hmm. It's also your biggest record mm-hmm. in terms of the industry clout. Mm-hmm. Walk us through the creation of that record. What made you want to make that record? Well, that kind of record is definitely inspired by guys like yourself, most um, common. Mm-hmm. And I had them, I had that, I had that concept in my mind for years. Mm-hmm. It's a great concept. Like just a bunch of questions that, that the world had in common. Mm-hmm. And, um, when I finally got around to do it, Pick was the one who actually got me to get it out, get it out of me, and he mm-hmm. actually helped me with that song. Um, shout out to Havoc for the beat. That's yeah. one of the beats that you never would think have produced. People sleep on Havoc a, though. Yeah, think Havoc is one of the incredible producers. Um, he just gets better with time too. Mm-hmm. And um, when we got it, and we got Anthony Hamilton to do the hook, and it just came out. Came out how we wanted it to come out. And when we went and sat down with Jimmy Iovine and played it for him, I didn't know how he was going to feel about it. But he loved it. He was like, yo, we got to put the money behind this. He told the staff, and I went on and got the Grammy nomination for Mm -hmm. it. Um, I let my mom and dad go enjoy the ceremony and red carpet and fly first class and got him a suite and... No they doubt. Went out to dinner with my manager at the time, Troy Word. Carter. And they was able to, you know, enjoy that, enjoy that whole Grammy thing. And, no doubt. You know, even more than me, and that felt good for me. That you know, that record also pissed Bill O'Reilly off too. Yeah. So that's a good thing. Once it reached Bill, that's an we feel like you know, you feel like you made it, like right. like making it to this podcast. No um, doubt. And he received like, his karma too after yeah, that. Yeah, he got it. He got what he was looking for. Keep your hands to yourself, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> now, you known for having some of the best rap verses of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have my own picks, but I asked people on Twitter, I was like, what's the best Jadakiss verse? And why it came up a lot, mm. you know what I'm saying? But my picks based on like my personal picks, and I want to hear your picks you know what I'm saying? But my and based on my Twitter feed and my personal picks, the best top five Jada Kiss verses of all time are the first verse of Blood Pressure. Mm. You know, you called Giuliani out early. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The rest of the world had to ki- catch up with catch Giuliani. Up with, yeah, you know what I'm saying? But up. you said he might as well be murking niggas because the time he giving out is hurting niggas. Facts. You know what I'm saying? You put a super head on the map in the second verse. Facts. You know what I'm saying? That's <laughs> facts. <laughs> facts. Um, big dog status. Mm. Big dog status. We all on the same game, just different levels, dealing with the same hell. Just it's just different, different levels. levels. Yeah. And you also said jail wasn't a part of the plan, never was mm-hmm. on that record. Um, run with Ghostface. Yeah, that's, did, that's one of my favorites. Did you actually take your shirt off to do the verse? Because you say that at the beginning. <laughs> I might got to take did, my shirt I off. Did. I did. I did. <laughs> I, I was, um, I kept getting stuck right at the end. And I don't like to punch. Mm-hmm. You don't really punch much. So I, I was going back to the top and uh, that kept happening. I was getting so hot. And I had to take my shirt off. <laughs> Might have to take it. my shirt off. Yeah. No doubt. Um, All for the love, I couldn't pick which verse I liked the best, the first or the second verse. Mm-mm. But that's one for me. That's Swiss's first placement. Wow, that's Swiss. a good beat. You know what I mean? Swiss uh, shout placement. out to Swiss Beats, one of the greatest shout producers out. of all time. 
You know what I'm saying? First placement, no swine. Doubt. No doubt. Um, honorable mention, mention, um, because I already spoke about these already. Major look remix mm. and the right where you stand verse. And um, Kiss of Death, second verse. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay, let do you do you have a favorite verse? And did did I pick any of them? I mean, out of that batch you said, I think I like run. Run, okay. Um, but I don't really I don't. I don't even remember my verses like that <laughs> until it's time to practice some more. You know, if I'm right. going on tour or something. Trying to memorize. Well, on the comments section, I want to kill the comments section because I want the people in the comments to to weigh in mm-hmm. on what they think the favorite one is. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't know. No Just doubt. Just to have one is beautiful, though. No you know, doubt. No you know, doubt. No matter what they pick, I love it. Now. We coming off this B.I.G. tribute in Atlantic City this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And word is you had a table crasher. Yo, that's so funny. I don't know <laughs> who created this fake It's news. fake story? Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, man. It's like, you want to ask about this? <laughs> I know. It's, it's like, 4% truth. But the, they switched it around. Like, I, when we got to the club, Mike was in the section. Okay. But the... The club and the security want to tell them to move because they don't know we fuck with Mike. Right. I, I don't even want them to move. Right. It's Mike Tyson. Yeah, it's Mike. We chill. I'm, I don't, I'm happy he fucking even in Atlanta City while right. I'm here. So we started chilling and socializing, but that was it. It wasn't, they, they thought out when I went and spoke to them, they like, yo, Mike is in your section and we we don't want to tell him to move. <laughs> so like, they were scared. Right. You don't have to tell him to move. He's right. good. I don't even, you know what I mean? And right, so I Mike. It, it wasn't one and all. We got to we, be cool with Mike. We got to, no you know, for years, Mike always showed the locks love. We, it was nothing. I don't know where they got that. <laughs> well, I want to take this time to thank you, first of all, for Ignatius and, you know, for making this album for Ice Pick J and really representing the culture with this album. We really appreciate you. Thank but you. beyond that, you know, I know that you, you know, you're on your album promotion run and you do this industry thing very well. But this conversation was necessary because your career is deeper than any any conversation we could have. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And mm. you're such an important part of the culture, bro. You have set the standard to raise the bar and... People live vicariously through your lyrics. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate and that. I appreciate that. It's real, bro. And 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 this is one of my favorite people party I ever got to do. And the reason why I do this show is to give people like Jadakiss from Yonkers a platform. Platform. I appreciate that. And let's give a round of applause for that, baby. No doubt. People's party Woo! welcomes Jadakiss. Give it up. Top five that are alive. Oh, I try to do it, Dan. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs>